RVFTA's Campground of the Week is sponsored by Jayco. To view their complete line of RVs, visit jayco.com. And by Yogi Bear's Jellystone Park Camp Resorts. To find a campground near you, visit campjellystone.com. And by Blackstone Products. To see their complete line of griddles and accessories, visit them at blackstoneproducts.com. America the Beautiful. There is adventure to be found around every corner. And there is no better way to explore it than by staying at one of our country's 14,000 campgrounds. Our team of correspondents will guide you to the best places to park your rig or pitch your tent. On each week's episode, we'll give a complete review of one campground, location, activities, amenities, best sites, and tons of other insider intel. Plus, we'll talk about regional highlights, food, culture, attractions, family fun, and all things great outdoors. From the East Coast to the West Coast, and from the Great Lakes to the Mississippi Delta, it's time to hit the open road with RVFTA's Campground of the Week. Hello, everybody. It's Jeremy and Stephanie from RVFTA.com, and this week's episode of Campground of the Week is a review of Graves Island Provincial Park in Nova Scotia, Canada, and it is a paired episode with our RV Family Travel Atlas podcast this week, which is going to give you all the activities and all the things that we did in Nova Scotia. This is strictly going to be the campground review, and it is one of our favorite campgrounds of all time. You are going to want to hear this review, but before we dive in, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Yogi Bear's Jellystone Park Camp Resorts. Award-winning Yogi Bear's Jellystone Parks have everything your family needs to make long-lasting camping memories. Whether you are an RV enthusiast, enjoy the comforts of a cabin, or prefer tent camping, Jellystone Parks have first-rate accommodations, amenities, and activities. They've got water zones and mini golf and wagon ride themes weekends and appearances from Yogi Bear and friends. Basically, the bottom line is that family fun is the main attraction at Jellystone Campground. It is impossible to get bored at a Jellystone. <laughs> we are going to be heading back to one, not this weekend, but next weekend, and we're super, super excited. We'll have a review of that one for you, too. And with over 80 locations in the United States and Canada, you can have a great camping experience that's also close to home. Go to CampJellystone.com to find a Jellystone Park near you. All right. This week's review, we're diving into the provincial park system in Nova Scotia, Canada. There are 20 provincial parks in Nova Scotia. We went to two of them. This week, we are reviewing Graves Island Provincial Park. Next week, we will be reviewing Amherst Shores Provincial Park. And then the activities that we did in both of those regions are on this week's RVFTA podcast. So let's get you situated with the location. So Graves Island Provincial Park is on the southern coast of Nova Scotia on Mahone Bay. It's about 50 minutes west of Halifax. It's not a straight line. It's a jagged coastline. Nothing's a straight line Nothing's in Nova Scotia. Nothing's a straight Scotia. line, but you are within an hour from Halifax, absolutely, and there's lots of cool stuff to do in this area. So 
Stephanie, let's just dive in and start talking about this gem. How big is Graves Island Provincial Park? What is the size of the campground? Well, it's a really, it's a very nicely sized provincial park. The actual campground is split up into a couple of different sections. So when we first got there and we were in the loop that, you know, that we were in, um, you know, it it felt like this really small campground. You just kind of go in and there's a little bit of a loop with with sites on the outside and the inside. And you think, okay, this is a small little spot. Cozy. Yeah, and then you realize there's this whole rustic area, and then there's this whole tent camping area. So overall, there's over, there's over 100 campsites. It's actually a really, really large campground, but at no point does it look or feel like a really, really large campground. And Stephanie, you're exactly right. I think it wasn't until the second day we were there that I re- even realized there was this other gigantic loop because it's slightly lower. So the entire island is the campground, and it's also elevated. It's on a bit of a hill. So the loop we were on was sort of at the top, and then one of the other loops was a little bit further down and you kind of can't really see it nestled down into there but it was a large campground and the loop we were on had the water and electric sites primarily and then stephanie mentioned the primitive sites in the other loop which we can go into into more detail but now, this I wanna, is an, an island campground which is so cool you cross a bridge to get here i want to really emphasize that even though we're saying there's a primitive section that section is not limited to tenting so you can fit rather large rigs down into that primitive area so if you have a rig and you are okay with going without hookups some of those sites in that primitive area are just breathtakingly beautiful and you could definitely get um, a trailer or a motorhome there absolutely and let's just talk about the physical appearance of this campground because it really was one of the most beautiful campgrounds we've ever visited so you cross a small bridge onto the island and the entire island is the campground the campground is the island there's nothing else on it so you have 360 degree views of the water from some spots on this campground now not every single site has a water view but almost no matter where you are you're looking at water yeah i it's hard to not have a water view i noticed some of the sites seemed a little bit tucked away and i thought wow why would there be someone there instead of this beautiful site but then i realized that tent campers are really smart and they kind of give themselves a little shelter from all the wind you know and the weather that can roll in off of the ocean so but i want to say that you can see pictures of the different sites on the provincial park website which is really great the, the pictures didn't even do it justice. So I thought that we had a pretty nice water view. I was like, okay, we can see a spot of water from our campground based on the picture. And I was excited about that. Well, it was sweeping views that we had from our campsite. And there are more sites with sweeping views of the water than I even realized by being online. And the island is so well maintained. It has a secret garden feel in certain locations. There are very manicured sites, very manicured walking trails. There are little areas carved out in the woods with benches, it actually kind of feels like a magical fairy island to some degree to me. I can't get over how beautiful this place was. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do while we were there was just walk. So every morning in the evening, I was just walking Maggie like for on and on because you could loop around and you could take different trails and there was really so many ways you could go and just kind of keep walking and keep going down this trail down to the water's edge here and then go up along the water's edge and then go on another trail back up to a loop. And it was just that kind of a place where everything about this campground and encouraged you to be um, 
outside and enjoying and just soaking up the scenery. It has an English garden feel to it. Everything flows into the landscape. Some of the sites are carved out of the landscape, and it really does feel like you're walking around some private, gorgeous English garden-type place. All right, let's talk price range and ease of booking. This was not expensive. It was 34, I believe it was $34 a night Canadian, which is like 27 bucks a night American. And that was for a, a gigantic water electric site that totally fit our 34 foot toy hauler with room to spare. Uh, and it was relatively easy to book. We booked these sites in April and we were able to get the Waterview site. Now, that was for late June. Once I started looking in July, everything was really, really booked up. So I just think it was kind of early enough in the summer that we were able to nab a really good site. Yeah. In fact, um, I don't know if you, I guess you probably don't remember this, but we actually moved our dates earlier because of that. So we were looking for a time in July and we were like, nope, but if we go during this day, you can get there. Now there was a lot of turnover here. So you see people come and go for two nights, you know, at, at a pop for three nights at a pop or they're moving around sites so i would highly recommend to play with your dates a little bit if it looks like you can't find something keep popping everything in but otherwise if you can book in advance do so all right so let's talk site details most of the sites are back in sites they are really spaciously sized Many of them have beautiful views of the water. Ones that don't have views of the water have really awesome privacy. I think that sites 22 and 20 were the best at the campground. They had sweeping views of the water, and they were water electric sites on our Instagram account. And in the show notes, we'll put up a picture that shows 22 and 20. We were in site 19, which to me was like the third best site at the campground. We had a huge site. The boys could play soccer right at the site. Plenty of room for the toy hauler. Plenty of room for the truck. And we had that gorgeous view looking out across the water. Yeah, I was really thrilled with our site. When I booked it, I thought that we were, oh, we're in the inside loop. We're not in that outer loop with the great water views. But that was not the case at all. And in fact, we had more outdoor space than some of the other sites did that did have that water view. Well, we had this gigantic back-end site. And then there was actually sort of like a step up to this other area where they had mowed out the lawn. And it was like this little field almost on our site. So lots of room to spread out and lots of privacy see in between sites. Absolutely loved the sites here. Now let's talk amenities. There were basically none. I mean, you're in a provincial park. It is sort of the equivalent of an American state park. There's no pool. There was no playground here. There was no game room. There was no snack bar. And frankly, we didn't need any of it. The boys loved this place just as much as we did. It was very much a back-to-nature experience. There were awesome walking trails all over the campground, as Stephanie mentioned, for walking Maggie or just going for a walk down to the water. There were nice... You could also you know, do biking on those trails. There is a boat launch for kayaking. There was an open field for playing catch. That was about it. Stephanie, even the camp store was very stripped down and simple. Yeah, it only sold ice and firewood, but those are two things that you'll definitely want to be able to pick up at the camp store. So that was good. And I have to say that the um, bathroom facilities were fine. So, you know, it was just fine to use the bathroom facilities if you needed to use them, if you were staying at the primitive sites and you wanted to use the bathhouses. Clean, but a little old. Exactly. That's fine. <laughs> 
Exactly. Now, Wi-Fi self-service. Yeah. So I was actually really happy with the Wi-Fi, not Wi-Fi, I'm sorry, cell service here. So there's no campground Wi-Fi, but the cell service was strong enough that I could hotspot my computer from my phone and have absolutely no problem getting some work done that we had to do and some podcast published that we had to do while we were staying here. It was very easy. So that was a relief. Unlike our next stop at Amherst Shores Provincial Park where we had to drive out of the campground. To even get to make a phone call, we had to leave the campground there. All right. Now, customer service, the way these provincial parks seem to work, there's usually like two people working the counter inside the check-in registration area. I hesitate to even call it a camp store. Then they, they definitely have a maintenance crew at both of these campgrounds. And the campground was just lovingly maintained by the maintenance crew. And you see these guys mowing the lawns and taking care of things. Then they also have the camp host system. So both at Graves Island and Amherst Shores, there was camp hosts. Now, at Graves Island here at this campground that we're talking about now, we had no interaction with the camp host. I mean, we were maybe eight or nine sites away mm-hmm. from him, but I didn't really see him or I her or him. speak to them. Yeah, I saw him. It wasn't like one of those situations where it was like, oh, hi, welcome or anything. And that's not really a complaint. That's just a fact. It wasn't the kind of situation where you felt like you were getting local intel and things like that from it. And at the next stop at Amherst Shores, we had a lovely husband-wife camp host duo that welcomed every wow. single camper in the campground. Don't give it all away. Make them tune in next week for that one. It was all friendly and professional, but stripped down and fairly simple in terms of a customer service experience. And speaking of giving things away, we're practically giving Blackstone Griddles away with our new discount code. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. 10% off using code RVFTA on the Blackstone website. They always have free shipping, and now you can get 10% off using code RVFTA. We are so excited to have Blackstone on Campground of the Week as a podcast. So let's take a break and do a sponsored message by Blackstone Products. From the large 36-inch four-burner griddles to the 17-inch one-burner tabletop versions, you're going to find a Blackstone that's just right for you and your lifestyle. Because Blackstone is as individual as you are. Blackstone lets you cook everything you can on a traditional grill, but then also a thousand things that you can't do on a regular grill. You can get that steakhouse experience in your own backyard because you get a full side steakhouse sear using a Blackstone. And we rocked some steaks at Graves Island Provincial Park on our 22-inch tabletop Blackstone. We cooked on it every night at this campground. All right. You can cook cheese steak, eggs, sausage, pancakes, hamburgers. Uh, fish, stir fried chicken wings, anything you can think of. And you can take advantage of up to four cooking heat zones. So you can cook an entire meal all at once, which our lovely Kate Dunbar just recently posted a picture on her Instagram account. And she literally showed four different elements of her dinner. She's like, this normally would have taken four <laughs> pots, like and four pieces it, yeah. of cast iron. The Blackstone magic is that if you want, you can leave everything else at home. You can leave your cast iron at home. You can leave your pots and pans at home and do breakfast, lunch, and dinner on the Blackstone and it cleans up so easily. All right, join join more than 1 million happy Blackstone customers over at blackstoneproducts.com. It is always free shipping on blackstoneproducts.com plus you get an extra 10% off if you enter code RVFTA. All right, you ready to dive into the rest of the campground? Right, so we're back talking about Graves Island Provincial Park, Nova Scotia, Canada. Let's talk organized and activities and recreation mm-hmm. or, or let's not talk about yeah. organized activities <laughs> and recreation because there is nothing like that and I just don't think that that's part of the provincial park experience, at least at the two Nova Scotia provincial parks that we visited, but we didn't need anyone to entertain.
entertain us at this campground. I didn't feel like we were lacking anything or missing anything. The natural beauty of this campground was enough to keep us all occupied from morning till night. That's what this is a true camping getaway. And you want to be able to experience that when you go here. I would say, even though we definitely wanted to see a lot of things while we were here in this area of Nova Scotia, you definitely want to schedule in some downtime to just enjoy the campground itself. We had three full days at this campground and we spent one full day at the campground. We didn't do anything else. We didn't leave the campground and it was a wonderful day. Now, the campground is very dog friendly. There's not a dog park necessarily, but there's trails all over the place and Maggie absolutely loved um, going for long walks at Graves Island Provincial Park. Yes, we did. And let's talk some insider details here. So this is not a bustling, you know, area of Nova Scotia. It's really quiet and sleepy, but we found a lovely little place to have um, breakfast. It was kind of like a late breakfast, early lunch on our first day there. We hadn't gone grocery shopping yet. We actually went grocery shopping right across the street after we ate there. And um, it was called the Stretch Diner in downtown Chester. And it not only was it good food, but it was uh, the first introduction we had to that amazing Canadian hospitality. Our waitress was so lovely. I think she was also the owner. And she had gave the kids dimes, Canadian dimes. She's like, I want to be the first one she to give you. She gave us money. <laughs> no so one has ever given me money Canadian at an American diner. It was adorable. I had the best, and I'm not kidding, I had the best fish and chips I've ever had in my life at the Stretch Diner. It and huge. it's just right up the road. So it's a great place to hit up for a meal. The There's boys a, kept begging to go back there for the rest of our trip there. We didn't, but they wanted to. We yeah. wanted to go back for breakfast, but of course I was rocking out the breakfasts on the Blackstone back at the campground. Now, nobody's perfect. This is tough because this campground was kind of perfect. I mean, it's a provincial park. You can't compare it to um, a private campground or a Jellystone or a KOA. It doesn't make sense because that's not what it is. And it's only $27 a night. I almost really can't think of anything that they could improve. I would kind of like it if they maybe sold some milk or eggs or ice cream in the camp store. But Stephanie and I have learned over the years with our own national park campgrounds that sometimes they intentionally don't do that because they do want you to go into town and spend your money in town. And I don't know this as a fact, but I do think that that is probably the operating philosophy of Nova Scotia's provincial park system. So my nobody's perfect for this campground is pretty simple. Um, It's too far away from where I live because... That's that's so (laughs) If I, I was sitting there and I was so sad to leave this campground because I knew that this was one of, it was going to be on one of my favorite campgrounds for all of my life. Like when I'm sitting there at Graves Island, that was me in my perfect spot. Like a lot of you have heard me talk about camping in coastal Maine. Like when I'm sitting there with beautiful, you know, that beautiful scenery, that water view, I am so happy. And Graves Island was like that. It was just my heaven on earth. And yet as I was sitting there, I was also thinking, I don't know when I'm ever going to get back here because it took us forever to get there from New Jersey. It was one of my top five favorite campgrounds of all time. I agree with you. It's heartbreaking. It's 15 or 16 hours away from where we live. Somebody on Instagram said, oh, Graves Island, that's my favorite. And I I messaged them back and said, oh, do you live close by? She said, I live an hour away. If I lived an hour away from Graves Island Provincial Park, I would camp there once a month. And they're only open from, I think, May to October. It's Mm -hmm. a short season there. I would camp at this campground once a month if it was an hour away from where I live. All right, you guys, while we were staying here at this campground, we did day trips to Halifax. We went to Peggy's Cove and we also went to Wolfville. That's all covered over on episode number 134 of RVFTA. 134. 
we're about to hit ninety four. Yeah, that's about sixty off there. That's all. I'm we're about to hit two hundred episodes on RVFJ. And by the way, all you campground oh of the week uh, listeners and RVFJ Podcast Network listeners, we recently hit two million downloads for the RVFJ Podcast Network. So thank you all so much for every single download of any of our podcasts. We really appreciate it. All right, and if you want to hear us talk more about Amherst Shores, which we gave you a couple of sneak peeks, tune in next week for our next review of a Canadian provincial park. And if you have enjoyed listening to Campground of the Week over the years, please consider leaving us a nice review on iTunes. Let's wrap it up with a sponsored message from our good friends at Jayco. And we are super excited. We are actually going to go out and visit the Jayco factory again in August, and I cannot wait. Since 1968, Jayco has been providing a way for generations of families to create lasting memories together. Today, Jayco offers everything from camping trailers to Class A motorhomes, complete with more standard features and a longer, stronger two-year limit warranty. Jayco gives you the value you're looking for and the peace of mind you deserve. Lots of family fun is to be had around a campfire with a Jayco nearby. For more information, visit your local Jayco dealer or Jayco.com. Jayco, generations of family fun. And we're going to see you at the campground and hopefully we see you all one day at Graves Island Provincial Park because it was an absolute gem and I really do hope that just one more time in our lives we get to go back and camp there. See you at the campground. We'll see you at the campground.